What's going on, Far Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars in 10. So how's everyone doing on this wet and soggy Friday? Well, at least it's wet and soggy in my part of the world. Hopefully wherever you are at, it's nice and sunny. But I ain't gonna let it ruin the fact that it's Friday and that we are one week closer to the Kenobi series. Even though it feels like time is standing still. That's one thing that I don't get. I think this is the one thing that transcends age. When you are a kid and you are waiting for something to come, it seems like it takes forever. And when you're an adult, it's the same thing. Sometimes I think it is worse when you're an adult. Think about it, when you are at work and you're waiting to get off, it seems like the clock is going backwards. Like time itself has stopped moving. It's the worst thing ever. Okay, okay, I'm just rambling at this point. We got another part to cover. Especially because they didn't cover the part that I wanted to hear yesterday. I wanted to hear about Xana and Bane's fight. And all we got is a glimpse from Sarah's point of view. But let's see what's gonna happen in this next part. But first, we gotta drop the intro. What well you have? You are now tuned in to a Star Wars show, so just sit back and ready to flow. Clear your mind of what you know, and let the force be the course of where we go. As we take this journey far, far away, now let's hear what Darth Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. The Huntress heard the change in the sound of the alarms, and she knew that they had maybe five minutes before the detonations began, and maybe ten before the entire complex was reduced to rubble. Her opponent noticed the change as well. Hear that? He called out from somewhere on the other side of the hangar. This whole place is going to come crashing down around our ears. Why don't we each just hop on one of these shuttles and get out of here before that happens? I still have enough time to find you, she shouted back, slowly heading in the direction of his voice. It sounded like he was near one of the shuttles on the far side of the room. You're getting tired, wearing down. You won't last much longer. I was afraid you'd say that, he answered as she stepped from behind one of the ships, giving her a clear view of the man she'd been chasing. He was leaning casually against the side of one of the shuttles, near the thrusters at the rear. He glanced toward her, but made no attempt to hide. Instead, he just stood there, holding his lightsaber casually at his side. Wary of walking into another trap, the Huntress began a cautious approach. As she took her first step, the silver-haired man pulled his arm back and brought his lightsaber down hard against the shuttle's hull. There was a shower of sparks, and the blade bit a full centimeter into the ship's reinforced exterior plating. The man pulled his arm back and struck again, hitting precisely the same spot, the glowing blade carving even deeper this time. It was only on the third blow that the Huntress realized what he was doing. The third chop brought the lightsaber deep enough to sever one of the shuttle's fuel lines. Her opponent flung himself backward, and she threw herself to the floor as a stray spark ignited the flammable liquid. Hundreds of tiny metal shards that had once been a fuel cell were sent hurtling through the air. The shuttle bucked once, its tail leaping a full meter off the ground from the force of the blast. A thick cloud of greasy black smoke curled up from the gash the lightsaber had left in the hull. Amazing weapons, aren't they? The man noted as she picked herself up from the ground. Cut through almost anything. His face was cut and scraped from flying debris, but somehow, probably through shielding himself with the force, he had managed to avoid the worst of the explosion. Before she could reply, he had ducked around the corner of the shuttle, disappearing from sight once again. A few seconds later, she heard the unmistakable sound of the lightsaber shearing through metal yet again from the far side of the hangar. She broke into a run, heading in the direction of the noise. She was only halfway there when another explosion knocked her to the ground. 
When she got back to her feet, she saw that a second shuttle had been disabled. Knowing his next target, she turned and ran toward the stalker. She pulled up short when she came around a corner and saw her opponent standing beside her shuttle, his hand gently along the hull. What are you doing? The huntress shouted. All I want is to get out of here alive, he explained. But for some reason, you seem intent on killing me. You took the first swing at me, she reminded him. When I caught you about to steal my ship, a simple misunderstanding, he said, waving his hand to dismiss her accusations. There are two shuttles left. You take yours and leave the other one for me, and we never have to see each other again. What if I say no? Then I destroy your shuttle, and we see if you can stop me before I get to the last one. My guess is you can't. And then we're both stuck here when these walls come crashing down. You're a coward, the assassin shot back. You wouldn't even stand and fight me. Now you expect me to believe you'd sacrifice yourself to trap us both here? I'm a realist, the man explained. If we fight, I'm dead. If I trap us here, I'm dead. Either way, the outcome is the same. But if I destroy the shuttles, then at least I take you with me. She didn't answer right away. It was possible he was telling the truth. People did desperate things when cornered. Her thoughts seized on the hooked handle in her belt. He wasn't the only one armed with a lightsaber. She briefly considered trying to use the weapon she'd taken from the Sith Lord's mansion to block the attack if he tried to damage her shuttle, then dismissed the idea. She had no training or experience. She'd never even held a lightsaber until a few days ago. Even if she did, by the time she crossed the distance between them, the damage could have been done. Next, she tried to calculate her odds of getting to the last remaining shuttle before her enemy could disable it. She might be able to beat him there, but as soon as she climbed inside the cockpit, he'd be able to run up and wreak havoc on the engines. Finally, she weighed the possibility that he wouldn't actually go through with his threat. Even when faced with a hopeless situation, few people would have the strength of will to destroy their only chance of escape. There was a very good chance he was bluffing. But even if he was, what did she gain by calling his bluff? She didn't know anything about this man, who he was, how he got here, or why he had shown up in the first place. What did she really accomplish by killing him? And what did she lose by letting him go? The only reason she hadn't left yet was the belief that this was where she would find her destiny. Whether this man lived or died was of no consequence compared with that. A deep thrumming boom rolled through the cavern. The silver-haired man swayed slightly on his feet. We're running out of time, he warned, cocking his arm back and taking aim. We have a deal, she shouted. Stay where I can see you, the man warned backing away from her carefully. Keeping his eye on her, he scooted over to the other shuttle. He disappeared around the far side of the vessel. She heard him fumbling with the access panel as he sliced the security systems, followed by the unmistakable whoosh of the boarding ramp descending. A few seconds later, he reappeared, visible in the cockpit viewport. The Huntress simply watched, knowing there was nothing she could do. Unlike a lightsaber, neither her vibroblades nor her blasters were capable of inflicting any serious damage on the hull of a shuttle. She momentarily considered drawing the lightsaber and mimicking the trick he had used against her. 
But even if she was able to damage his vessel, it just meant he would still be here. And she'd have to find some way to get to her own ship before he returned the favor. The shuttle engines roared to life as it rose up and turned to face the exit, hovering for an instant just below the chamber's high ceiling. She could clearly see the Doan royal crest on the side, as well as the silver-haired man inside the cockpit. He waved to her and flashed a self-satisfied smile. And then the thrusters kicked in, and the ship swooped away, flying out of the hangar and disappearing into the night sky. For the first time in the Huntress's life, someone she had wanted to kill had gotten away. Yet, it would be a small price to pay if she managed to find what she was truly looking for. Okay, I feel the exact same way as I felt yesterday. I wanted to hear about Bane and Xana's fight, and all we got is some negotiation between the Huntress and Set. They ended with Set escaping Dawn in the Royal ship. This was after he destroyed two other ships and threatened to destroy the Huntress's ship. All in all, it wasn't really a bad part. It just wasn't what I wanted to hear. But maybe on Monday we will get to hear about Bane and Xana's battle. Until then, we must practice some patience, which doesn't set well with someone that follows the dark side. Now I'm just playing. We really hope to see you for the next part, and may the Force be with you. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Intent. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Kenai Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pigfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.